reads your daily sports report. Go Blue! Video's not loading. The video's not loading. Bacon, egg, cheese. Only one way to make this better. Another one. Dunkin' Go-To's. Get two bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches for $5. America runs on Dunkin'. Good evening. It's uh, about 6.30 p.m. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and pe- media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And on drums, I'm John Bonham. Jim Dwyer here, actually. Yeah, that was the big band that all the high school kids loved back when I was in high school. And people were Still getting... quite popular. People were getting laid. <laughs> it was the... It was the age of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, jeez. Kegs. Did that ever go away? Well, kegs were were not big, actually. In Jackson, they were. (laughs) Anyway, I grew up in Ohio where the, um, just for the record, the drinking age was 18 for low beer. Couldn't drink booze. Yeah, guys from Michigan used to drive down to Ohio. So I was surprised when Kavanaugh went on at length about the drinking age in Maryland that he had completely wrong. That's not perjury. That's just a mistake. But uh, anyway, ignorance of the law. <laughs> he's uh, on the court. Uh, Donald Trump has declared this a victory for uh, the Constitution. Mitch McConnell uh, high fiving his own jowls over the weekend in great exuberance, and a new hashtag beers for Brett yeah. has emerged. Well, he's going to become a <clears throat> Bart. I should say Bart. Oh yeah, Bart. There's Bart, and then there's. President David Dennison, 
which is uh, a.k.a. Donald Trump. But he's going to be the butt of uh, late-night comedy jokes, I think, for quite some time. Um, and uh, we'll see how things turn out with the voting. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that uh, when Kennedy resigned, that uh, John Roberts is going to be the swing vote now, mm -hmm. in all likelihood. Kavanaugh's record is exceedingly conservative. And by the way, where he committed perjury was uh, he claimed that he's impartial. Well, we really don't know. Uh, I just certainly uh, it appears that it might be otherwise. Yeah. Well, let's remember that 90 percent of the documents uh, from uh, his work at the Bush White House, um, when torture policies were developed and the war in Iraq was developed and all kinds of disastrous policy uh, things uh, took place. Uh, those documents haven't been seen. Documents that have been seen, by the way, and are still available for public perusal are uh, Office of Independent Counsel documents, and they make for fascinating reading. I recommend a book. It's been out there for a couple years. It's called The Decline of American Virtue, Clinton versus Starr. It's by a guy called Ken Gormley, dean of the Duquesne Law School. Duquesne's in Pittsburgh. I saw him a couple of years ago, by the way, at the Ford Library. And uh, the Ford Library, just for the public out there, has historical talks about once a month. Usually, the, you know, you got to look at the schedule, but uh, they are talks generally related to Gerald Ford or Richard Nixon, because Ford, of course, was the vice president for Richard Nixon, and Kissinger in particular stayed on. When Through both terms, yeah. Gerald Ford became president. The Ford Presidential Library, by the way, should not be confused with the Ford Museum, which is in Grand Rapids, where he was a congressman. Gerald Ford donated his, his historical papers to the Ann Arbor Presidential Library. And all which is here on campus. Here on campus, up in North Campus, and they have these public talks. Um, I just got back in town, so I don't know what they're doing this month, but these are generally connected to Nixon or Ford. Ken Gormley uh, appeared a couple years ago to talk about the Saturday Night Massacre. He's an expert on Archibald Cox, which is why this book uh, is fairly, uh, fairly objective in its analysis of the so-called Clinton scandal involving Monica Lewinsky, Brett Kavanaugh uh, served on the Ken Starr um, organization, consisted of about 25 different lawyers. He was still a relatively young uh, person. And um, this is before he worked in the Bush White House, before he became a judge, et cetera, et cetera. He's cited on four pages in this particular book. One of them is shocking. So shocking, I don't even want to... I'm tempted to read it, but this is a memo that Judge Kavanaugh wrote when he was on the Star uh, group of lawyers. Ken, Ken Starr's Ken Starr's so-called special investigator. <clears throat> Bill Clinton was interviewed for the book uh, extensively. And at one point on page 90, he is quoted as saying to Ken Gormley, because I, was real, I realized I was up against a group of people 
who they claim, they claim they have great values and worship God, in fact, worship power. And that's what this whole thing is about, power. The bottom line is the Republicans had the vote, the votes to put Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. This has long been an objective of conservative uh, think tanks and interest groups. It's well established that uh, the Federalist Society selected Kavanaugh. And what's interesting to me about this <clears throat> is that Kavanaugh grew up in a certain era. He's, he's being promoted because he's 53. And the theory is he can be on the court for 25, 30 years, um, depending on whether or not he can pay his bar tab. <laughs> And whether or not he's still in denial about his drinking, uh, right. the extent to which he may still drink that hard. Now, I don't— Which, dis of course, is his right. Yeah, I don't disqualify him for being a little wild and crazy in college. Uh, many people are. I think that ended up working to Kavanaugh's benefit, the sort of way that the goalposts were moved, that this became an issue of, you know, innocent until proven guilty— uh, it became a, quote, trial, which you can't prove uh, Professor Blasey Ford's allegations any way, shape, or form. But the real issue should have been, why is Brett Kavanaugh being promoted? Donald Trump claimed he knew him well <laughs> at one point. Yeah, he'd read the name on a list. And I thought, no, you were given a list by Don McGahn and the head of the Federalist Society. Uh, I don't know how Kavanaugh is going to vote in the future. But uh, let's give you a flavor for how Kavanaugh operated on the Star Committee, since these are public documents. These are not repressed or suppressed by the White House. The so-called thorough FBI inv investigation. Baloney. They investigated Alger Hiss for five years. How much did they spend on... Kavanaugh, four days? Could they interview? We don't know. Well, uh, the parameters of the investigation were predetermined by Don McGahn. Yeah. Uh, Trump over the weekend had said, well, sure, they should investigate and they should talk to whoever. And Don McGahn, whoa, 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 reeled him back in. To, no, 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 no. Really limited, really quick. Exactly. And that, of course, was the clever deal that was arranged by Jeff Flake, and to his credit, he did get that through. But this was not a thorough investigation. This was a rush job about power, and um, Kavanaugh only ended up getting 50 votes. Now, one of the Republican senators was out west uh, walking his daughter down the aisle. That's fine. Uh, but... Let's give some praise to both Heidi Heidkamp and Lisa Murkowski. Heidi Heidkamp pretty much admitted this is probably going to cost her her seat in North Dakota, but that she, quote, could not look at herself in the mirror. This is a vote about conscience. Should have been. Should have been about... Suitability. Suitability. Should this guy be promoted? His life wasn't ruined. 
if he'd been denied the position, he would have gone back to the circuit court where he could have celebrated with a couple of kegs with his buddies. I like beer. Don't you? But I like beer, so I'm not going to get on his beer drinking either. Well, I want to make a quick distinction between being accused of heavy drinking and the possible assaults that may or may not have occurred when you're in that stage of blackout drinking. And I think that's what they were afraid of a continuing investigation showing, because as you mentioned, it's impossible to prove 35-year-old sexual assault charges, but the number of iterations of heavy drinking, heavy drinking, heavy drinking builds to the point where his failure to be honest about it by admitting, well, sure, I was kind of a party animal, uh, but I've matured and seizing the opportunity to say, uh, I may have done some stupid stuff when I was drinking, but I'm a changed man. I have a career, blah, blah, blah. His failure to own up to the building accumulation of references to that is, I think, what a lot of people are still have stuck in their craw. Yeah, and it's interesting. I was in New York City when I actually listened to the Kavanaugh hearings on the Thursday a couple of weeks ago. The day of the hearings, the New York Post, a Rupert Murdoch publication uh, announced on their headline, their editorial page, that calendar clears Kavanaugh. This is before he's ever testified, before Blase Ford has testified. They print a facsimile of his uh, activities in June. He was questioned by two senators specifically about the weekend of July 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Uh, his answers seemed a little <laughs> implausible, but we'll leave it at that. But I want to give you a flavor of who Brett Kavanaugh really is, because he claimed under oath that he would be an impartial. And frankly, there's nothing in his record that supports that. Nothing. Not one thing. No documents, no rulings, nothing. He is going to be a shell for corporate America, for deregulation, for attacking labor, environmental groups, and women's groups. And he's going to be <clears throat> voting lock and step with Clarence Thomas, I'm afraid. But when he was on the... They can uh, maybe watch some videos. Yeah, together. well, he's uh, got his own uh, preferred video watching activities, which we won't go on into. He's been on the court for 27 years and once wrote a dissenting opinion. Once. Justifying flogging in the state of Alabama. He said that wasn't cruel and unusual punishment. He thought that prisoners could be flogged by guards. And he took Thurgood Marshall's position on that August body. Yeah, and that was when the, the court actually changed. That was yep. the key switch in the ideology of the Supreme Court. Let's remember the Supreme Court's been—the Republicans have named most of the justices now for—since the 50s, uh -huh. since Eisenhower, since the Earl Warren— appointment as Chief Justice in 1953. Uh, Kavanaugh, uh, this is from the OIC, which is the Office of Independent Counsel. It needed to ratchet up the discomfort level for Susan McDougall. 
Brett Kavanaugh and other prosecutors proposed indicting Susan McDougal for criminal contempt and a much more serious charge and then give her additional time until she was, quote, ready to talk. (laughs) I wonder if Brett Kavanaugh would apply those standards to himself. Kind of doubt it. Susan McDougal was a minor player in the Whitewater investigation who ended up going to jail for contempt of the special prosecutor. She wouldn't lie, as she put it, for Ken Starr. She basically said, no, nothing happened. We don't believe you. You know, it's this sort of Spanish Inquisition. Um, As for uh, the purian interests of... Judge Kavanaugh, he uh, he participated at one point late in the process, right before Bill Clinton was to testify. This is like August of 98, with a series of 10 questions that he wanted Ken Starr and his questioners to ask. I'm just going to give you one of these, and I'm going to warn uh, listeners out there. This is not a violation of FCC guidelines or, vi- you know, FCC words or anything, but of course the material sort of is. So young children, adolescents, sensitive people should probably turn off the radio. Just for a moment here. Just for a moment. But I am going to point out this is a public document. Uh, This can be found in the papers donated by Ken Starr. And his staff. And these are, in fact, not your words, but the words of now Justice Kavanaugh. You got it. If Monica Lewinsky says that you ejaculated into her mouth on two occasions in the Oval Office, would she be lying? This is a question that Brett Kavanaugh wanted to ask the President of the United States. Before a grand jury. Before a grand jury. And he had nine other questions along those lines. This is how pathetic this guy is. I don't know Brett Kavanaugh, but I know of him. And he's not qualified to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. That's the role of the Senate. This was not a trial. This was an issue of promotion. Um, was his reputation ruined? Yeah, the media went overboard. They always go overboard. But this idea that... Well, the only way to avoid that is to withdraw your name from consideration. I mean, you're going to be scrutinized with a thousand-powered microscope. Indeed, and he might still be. He can be impeached. Uh, He can be impeached by the House of Representatives. That's the way the Constitution works. Uh, They can impeach him knowing full well that he won't be removed from the Supreme Court. But they can bring back the ideas and issues of perjury and inaccurate testimony, uh, particularly if he begins uh, not ruling impartially. Uh, I suspect that he's not going to be given too many opinions to write. Let's remember that opinions are based on the seniority Uh of the majority and or the dissenting group. Many justices now write so-called concurring opinions in which they either agree or disagree with the majority. So sometimes you'll see the phrase concurring dissenting opinion. 
So there's really four kinds of opinions. I think he's going to lay low. Uh, he knows how to play the game. You know, he came in and apologized uh, for his behavior, his wretched opening statement. And he even had an interview. It was touching. I thought the most touching uh, moment of his presentation to the Judiciary was Committee was when he claimed that his 10-year-old daughter had prayed, prayed for Judge, for Professor Blase Ford. Do you believe that? I didn't know Catholics prayed at night. I thought they just sure. Oh yeah, some of them dealt with mass on the time prayers, mass and confession. Kids, con kids do confession on the weekend. Yeah, beer drinking grown-ups generally not. So you know, I, I that to me was a little. Uh, there was a lot. Let's be honest. There was a ton. That was of just one thing. stagecraft yeah. involved in the whole thing. I talked about this a little bit while you were away. The hiring of the prosecuting attorney with a special background in sexual assault cases flown in from Phoenix to prevent delicate Republican men from being embarrassed by uh, answer uh, asking inappropriate questions uh, and then casting her aside as soon as the second part of the proceedings came along when they wanted to jump in and froth and foam at the mouths themselves in support of their nominee. Susan Collins, for her part, she's, of course, free to vote her conscience if that's how her conscience dictates that she votes, so be it. But her participation in the rearranging of chairs so that she was flanked by two Republican women who would not normally be seated in those positions mm -hmm. for the convenient uh, optics for television of Republican women agree. This is a fine candidate. No, this is stagecraft. This is managing the theatrics of the affair to create the appearance of some sort of cohesion amongst women in general or Republican women in particular. Shame on her for allowing that sort of puppet theater to uh, occur behind her. And, of course, the smear job that the Republicans were complaining about was a joke in and of itself. Donald Trump, Exhibit 1. Uh, he spent uh, three weeks smearing Professor Ford. No shame whatsoever. Continues to do so. Continues to do so, even after, um, even after he's been approved. They're having a little special gala event tonight to celebrate his victory, quote-unquote. Well... It's not much of a victory, and it's a disgraceful chapter in American jurisprudence. Um, smears? When have the Republicans cared about smears? They didn't care when FDR was getting smeared after he died. Didn't care about Alger Hiss. Didn't care about George McGovern. Didn't care about Jimmy Carter. Um, well, the Republican Party is... Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I mean, the yeah. list goes on and on and on. The problem that the Democrats have is they don't know how to play this smear game. It's dirty pool is what it is. Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, again, smugly reassuring himself for his tactical brilliance. We'll see how this pans out over the long haul, of course. But he's a pendulum pincher. Uh, anybody who studies American history and American politics knows that 
thing, there are trends. Things go backwards and forwards. Uh, conservatives gain in seats. Then after a while, people respond. It swings back the other direction. It's always gone that way. What he's done is pinched the pendulum off at one side. The failure to allow Merrick Garland to even receive a hearing is dirty pool. Sure. And then and then the continuing shams keep continuing. Mitch McConnell obstructed the TPP from being approved. This is tangential, but I'll mention it because it was in the news last week. Donald Trump on Monday claims that he had signed the greatest free trade agreement in the history of human civilization. Much better than the Phoenicians. <laughs> the who? And the Mongolians. Um, and it was the TPP proposal that Canada made three years ago. And it's going to increase dairy exports by 22 ice cream sandwiches, probably. It's going to be hard to even fulfill the additional 0.3% of increased dairy. Uh, the steel and aluminum tariffs remain. I don't know if Donald Trump even knows the geography of Canada. Toronto is relatively co close to the border. So is Montreal. Are Vermont dairy farmers unable to export milk to Montreal? I don't think so. What's close to, to Toronto? Buffalo. Do they have any dairy farms in Buffalo? No. They might have some buffalo milk. So they should start exporting that. Look, these dairy farmers in upstate New York are complaining about the fact that they don't have any workers. You know, that, that the workers are being deported by Donald Trump. They, milk, milk, milking cows is actually a year-round event. Can't bring in, quote-unquote, migrant workers. If they leave, then what do you do? So, you know, this is just a, a classic example of Trump exaggerating and lying about one more thing and claiming this is going to create jobs. What on earth is this man talking about? By the way, Wisconsin, it's quite a waste, Canada, for people that uh, have dairy farms outside Green Bay, for instance. What, are you going to ship it over the... Mackinac Straits, or are you going to ship it up to Winnipeg all the way through the state of Minnesota? Boy, that's going to get expensive. <laughs> so I don't even know how the dairy exports go up. Is it going to help Michigan? Uh, perhaps, a little bit here and well, there. Well, we're getting a new bridge in another few years, the Gordie Howe International Bridge linking Detroit and Canada. Work has actually finally begun on that. Yeah, that was an a lot of truck traffic yeah. back and forth across that Avenue, And that was a Jennifer Granholm idea mm -hmm. um, nearly 20 years ago. Yep. 20 years ago of obstructionism on a, on a bridge to Canada, while Trump continues to lie about the trade deficit with Canada that's actually a surplus. Uh, so this uh, I, I, Trump... I, idea that we've—this th has been a great victory for the Constitution. Really? <laughs> Which constitution? Well, Trump's failure to understand tariffs or <clears throat> dairy farmers' uh, plights one way or the other, uh, he doesn't really have a firm grasp on how businesses are actually run since the expose 
that came out in the Times this last week revealed that his family has never played by standard rules no. of operating. And the fact that that story kind of got lost in the midst of all the tempestuosity over the Kavanaugh proceedings uh, is actually kind of startling to me. I mean, it's spelled out in pretty intricate and amazing detail, a decades-long run of fraud, malfeasance. Sure. Most of which the statutes of limitations have expired on, but I have to give the writers, Barstow, Craig, and Butner, credit for this lovely piece of prose that I'll read briefly here. Third paragraph in blah, blah, blah. This study reveals that Mr. Trump relieved the equivalent today of at least $413 million from his father's real estate empire starting when he was a toddler and continuing to this day. And the reason I like that phrase so much is because it implies that continuing from to this day where he is still something of a toddler, although taller. Yeah, he's gained an inch since he's been in office. Uh, the first 72-year-old man in American history to gain height. But uh, that's... Well, we'll have to wait for the physical next year with, with the <laughs> Ronnie. Start looking for a doctor now. Well, they, they, he's got the reliable family doctor, the, the guy that he tried to promote to the, to the VA. No, uh, but I don't think that guy's with him anymore because— um, Ronnie Jackson. Somebody went over to his office. Uh, what was Trump's personal bodyguard guy? Went over to the hair doctor's office and ransacked the files, remember? Oh, the hair— do Yeah, the, he's, that's that's a separate doctor. Okay, I'm, I thought you were talking yeah, about Yeah, the physical doctor, uh, Ronnie Jackson, I think is still on the job. He was uh, kiboshed for a variety of other reasons that we don't need, need to go into. Just further proof of Donald Trump's continuing incompetence. And as for his tone uh, the last week, it's quite offensive, really. And uh, I suspect that comedians are going to make a lot of hay on that one. All righty. Well, we'd like to thank Nick for engineering tonight instead of Andrew. And uh, do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Move with the groove. Man, that's a sweet groove. Old Blue Note Records have that deep groove. I dig that groove. Go for the groove. You can always pick up the needle and move to another groove. Listen to old funk records. The groove is so heavy. Drop out, turn on, and groove with the chemicals. Get back into the groove. Sometimes I hear a drum groove in my head. After you got the groove, you're just singing the hooks. They were the only band on that scene that had a groove. That sort of music puts me in a different groove. There's a certain groove you pick that makes the music flow. You fly through space without hitting things or anybody, then you get into the groove. We groove off everything. Then the audience would just take over and keep the groove going. You know, we had that groove. A lot of melodies are very simple. It's got this groove. Listen to Groovasaurus every Monday at 8 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. That's Henry Brown in the background. 
on the 88s doing the Henry Brown Blues. Telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long 